Hi, this is Larson Hicks, and welcome to my podcast, where I rant and rave about whatever it is I'm currently thinking about, and also occasionally bring in much smarter guests for longer conversations about topics they're passionate about. Thanks for joining me. Let's get into it. Hello, YouTube. It is me again, Larson, and welcome to my channel. This is day two of the channel. I think I've got nine subscribers, which is uh, which is about 900% more than I thought I'd have uh, after my first day. So welcome to the channel. Thank you uh, for, for joining us. So um, today I'm just going to, you know, my, my plan here is just to talk about stuff that I'm interested in and um, without any particular uh, agenda or or, um, or structure, but I will say that um, I would love to interact, you know, and if there are things that I touch on here today that are interesting to you and you'd like to hear more about um, or questions, you know, just jump in the comments and, uh, and let me know. And so today I want to talk about uh, and I also am trying to not paint myself into a corner here by talking about the same things every time. So, um, so one of the things I'm really interested in is, um, is business and, um, and, and the modern, uh, household. And so maybe today, instead of, I'll, I'll definitely do a lot of videos on the household and what, what, um, that means. Um, and I've actually done some teaching on that at my church and it all really comes from a, a wonderful book by uh, C.R. Wiley called Man of the House, which I highly recommend. But today I want to maybe just take a step back and just talk about startup porn and uh, the corporate rat race. So what do I mean by startup porn? You know, there's there's um, there's so much talk, right, about, about uh, startups and entrepreneurs, and they're kind of idolized in our culture. And, uh, you know, I've been a part of, of that idolization. I've idolized them myself and I've, I've perpetuated that as well. Um, it's, it's, you know, the American dream, you know, is start a business, be really successful, make a ton of money. Um, and there's, there's grown up this whole, um, culture, subculture around startups. You know, you've got, um, co-working spaces, uh, we work and, places like that, you know, you've got these, um, these people that get together to like code and, and GSD get shit done is kind of the, the thing. It's like, let's get together and let's crack a bunch of monsters and Red Bulls and let's just, let's just pound on our project tonight. And, and, you know, like there's some of that stuff that I think's great. Um, and there's, but there's a lot of it that I think is, is uh, really goofy and um, heading in a bad direction. Um, one of the one of the tenets of of the startup movement um, right now in the subculture is is you know fake it till you make it. Um, and and look, there's a lot of there's a lot of wisdom to that uh, in business. I mean, there's there's a lot to be said for for carrying yourself with confidence. Um, walking into a room like you know what you're talking about, and um, even if you don't feel 100% confident, there's a lot to be said for for having kind of nerves of steel and stepping into a meeting and and answering with clarity and confidence. And sometimes that means that you don't um, you know necessarily know with confidence that what you're saying is accurate, 100% uh, accurate, you know, but you do your best and. And it's also not, you know, personally, I think it's, there's nothing at all wrong with, 
in a meeting saying, Hey, I, I don't really know. I don't know. Let me get, let me look into that and get back to you. Um, so, so, um, fake it till you make it is a big thing. Um, you know, this, this idea that you're just going to hustle super crazy hard. You're going to live in a garage with a couple buddies and you guys are going to work 80 hours a week and, and it's worth it. And, and, the all the success stories are people who, it's all about how much they were bought for, you know, or we, the first round of investment was, you know, $2 million and this, and then, you know, had a series a and raised 10 million, you know, a year later. And then a couple of years later, had to, you know, whatever there's, there's this whole sort of, um, framework, um, and this whole sort of mythology of like ha- how this works and how this happens and how it can happen for you too. And, uh, again, I, I'm, I'm all about capitalism. I'm all about business creation. I actually think starting businesses is very hard. There's a lot of skills, unique skills there that aren't taught very well in a lot of places. So I think a lot of people don't have, don't, don't even know how, you know, to start a business. It's not a, it's not rocket science, but it is a science of its own. Uh, it's another conversation, another video. We can talk about what the difference between, you know, executing a business and discovering a business is, but but for the sake of this conversation, I really just want to focus on um, startup porn, uh, as I call it, and the corporate rat race. And the reason I'm calling it porn is, you know, it, it's a fantasy. Um, you're living in a fantasy. You're engaging in a fantasy. Um, and it's a different kind of fantasy um, but than, than pornography. But it's it's the same kind of thing. We're, we're, we're sitting there lusting after success and money and... Um, and, and there is a whole industry, really, truly, there's a whole industry devoted to uh, cashing in on your lust, right? Um, and, and, so, and so that brings me to the corporate rat race. So um, when, I, when I use the phrase corporate rat race, um, obviously, you know, rat race is a term that people are used to hearing um, in, in reference to business. Um, but, but what I mean when I talk about the corporate rat race is I think there's this whole myth around uh, business in in America and and I w- would love to dispel it I'd love to at least get people to question it and this is it okay um, the the myth is that you have a great idea um, you borrow a bunch of money from somebody um, from somebody dumb enough to give it to you right you're you're a small company you don't ha- you don't have any money yet you're pre-revenue you you borrow some money from some angel investors. And the way you get that money is you fake it till you make it, right? You, you tell a good story. You talk about how you're going dis- to disrupt everything. You're going to create something new. You're going to be the next Twitter plus Uber plus whatever, you know, it's, and so that's the thing is like, how do you make that pitch that, that proves that you are going to do something truly disruptive, right? And so you, you, you know, swindle some, 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 kind-hearted, uh, wealthy people in your hometown out of, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars and you, and you start a business. Well, what they are hoping you're going to do really what they're investing in probably more than the business idea is they're investing in your ability to sell yourself and your business. That's the real thing, right? They're going, I don't know. You know, I don't know if this business idea is going to work really. Most startups don't work, but this guy I think has got it. You know, this guy's got it and I'm going to, I'm, I'll put, I'll, I'll put some money on this guy. Right. Um, so when you look at uh, valuation for a company, I'm looking around because I have a book. I've, I've like never even cracked it because it's ridiculous. But I've, I have like the authoritative 
book on valuation. It's like, it's like huge. It's this huge textbook. But the interesting thing when you dive into to valuation, how you value a company, for, first of all, when you first, you know, when you first do uh, raise that money, you're, you're totally making it up, right? And everyone acknowledges that, yeah, we're just making stuff up. I don't want to give away too much of my business the first time around. So everyone's going to get a little piece for a set amount of money. Let's start at porn, right? Um, I'm just reminded of Shark Tank, right? Shark Tank kind of the best uh, example of startup porn in, in American culture today. Um, so so then the goal is that you fake it um, and 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 the va- and, and you you burn that money. I mean, you, you got to burn it. Um, it's a it's it's seen as a problem in the startup world to be profitable too early because it means you're not pushing hard enough. That's the, that's the mantra is, you know, it's all about growth, 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 growth. And so, and so you light that money on fire and try to just grow, grow your revenue in your sales. Even if it means that you're going to, you're, you're heading straight off a cliff financially. That's the goal is to just grow, grow, grow. And again, you're faking it. It doesn't really matter how you grow frankly, you know, um, and this is where free market economics and just basically biblical principles, basic biblical principles about business and loving your neighbor kind of just are jettisoned because it's really not about providing a service or value. The whole thing has been reframed from me as a producer and as a business person creating value for my customers, solving their problems, partnering with them to help them and providing something that's that they're willing to pay for because it helps them. Um, that basic economic principles kind of been jettisoned, and now it's all about shareholder value. It's all about the value of the thing, the name, the brand, the business entity. That's the thing. That's where your 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 ethical, moral duty lies is is building shareholder value. Right. That's how the whole thing's been reframed. And so, uh, you know, if you're ripping people off, uh, or you're, you're not really providing a real service, you're not really doing anything special or helpful or unique, but you're getting people to buy things, um, regardless of how much money you're making doing it, you know, even if you're just losing money hand over fist, if you can show, you know, with that first chunk of, of cash that you are growing, um, then it's a, then that's, then that's what, that's the goal. That's the mission in, in this first phase. And, and then you move on to the, the next phase if you're successful. And that next phase is you, you start to get into some institutional investors, right? Like private equity. And, and what they're looking for is they're looking for, again, they're looking for a story. They're a little bit more sophisticated, right? Um, than your angel investor. So they want a better story. Uh, they want to, they know that the people they're trying to sell to ultimately are going to ask more questions than the people who, who invested in you the first time. So they're, they're looking to see that they're going to have something to work with here to be able to tell that story the next time around. And they're thinking usually, you know, their, their sort of event horizon for investment is, you know, a couple of years, you know, maybe two, three years, five years at the most. Um, but so that's that's the next phase. If you're successful at faking it and 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 showing some growth, some sort of growth, and you've got a good story about disruption and you're going to take over the world, if you can do that, 
successfully in a private equity company that looks and goes, look, you've got revenue, you know, you've got some, some, some serious revenue, some growth here, let's do something. So you move into the next phase, right? Where they buy, they buy out some of your angel investors, maybe all of your angel investors. They, uh, they take a bigger chunk. You've given away more and more of your company. And, and now the private equity, you know, company has, uh, a stake in the business and they, they know, Hey, we, we know how to sell this thing to an even more sophisticated customer. So, so again, we don't really care about your customers. We don't really care about the value that you're creating in the marketplace. We care about your shareholder, you know, the shareholder value, the equity value. And so we're going to polish this thing up. You know, we're going to hire a some shine. We're gonna we're gonna put some shiny units in the business. Some you know a, a VP of sales who's got a good pedigree and a and a chief technical officer who worked at Google, right? I mean, just whatever. Like we want to just polish this thing up, make it look a little nicer. I mean, it's really it's like a chop shop or or uh, you know someone who flips a house, right? They they want to they want to put a little bit of money into this thing uh, and they want to they they're hoping to get a 10x return on their investment. Uh, quickly, right? So they want to flip you. So they're going to be looking for for that moment when it looks like the the trajectory is doing this, and it's been doing this for a little bit, and it looks like it might keep going. Really, ideally, you know, <laughs> it, they want to time it to where they if it starts doing this, it's like ah, oh, we got to wait a little longer until it starts doing that again. Um, but once you're you're in the spot where it looks like you know we haven't plateaued, but um, we might be plateauing if we if we hold this whole lot longer. Uh, that's when it's time to put this thing back on the market and try to sell it again. So again, it's it's another kind of faking it until you make it. Um, it's it's still all about growth. It's all about revenue. It's not about profitability. As a matter of, you know, matter of fact, in the in the um, calculation of valuation for a company, profitability is literally worth half. Uh, of what growth is worth. So growth is worth two times in, in the, in the formula for valuation growth is worth two times more towards calculating your, your valuation. So it's a, so growth is really what it's all about. Okay. So, so then this thing happens again, you sell the venture capital and you know, really the goal for everybody is, is, is that at some point we can, in, in the most successful scenario, we can dump this thing on the American public, um, who who are actually the least sophisticated investors. Um, they've got financial advisors who 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 act really sophisticated and and talk a lot about you know what's going on in the market and and supposedly are making great decisions. But the reality is none of these guys. I mean, it, it all if they're paying attention, they're only paying attention to the quarterly earnings report reports. They're not looking at, you know, I mean, and people are speculating, well, this, this company's got hard assets and this company's doing, you know, and, and there's, there's legitimate, you know, uh, investors. I'm not trying to paint it, paint it completely, uh, in, in a, in a bad light, but, but the point is that, um, that eventually, you know, all the smart people, the, the, the people who are smart enough to know what's really going on and what the game is, they're going to get out and hopefully dump this on a company that you know that wants to buy it or the american public that's really the goal um and everyone's got to keep up this act that this thing is really really valuable and is really solving a lot of problems um and profitability you know perhaps becomes more and more of a thing but 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 if you can go public you know i mean again the whole value of the company is tied up in your stock price right and now 
it really doesn't matter what you're actually doing for your customer. What matters is that there's a perception of growth. And I saw this in the pharmaceutical industry where it's like every quarter, it's like, you know, Pfizer bought this, you know, immuno oncology lab in California that's doing some crazy stuff. And, you know, and Moderna's, you know, innovating and they're, and they're, they're merging with some labs from, you know, Novartis and, Boston or whatever. And, and and it's, and it's really, it's the same people. They're just shuffling the deck to try to sort of create this perception that innovation's happening and you want to get in because there's some big drugs and products and things that are coming that, you know, are going to create more growth. So, so that's the corporate rat race as I see it. And l- let me use an analogy here. Um, and I, I don't claim that this is historically hundred percent accurate. So, uh, I'll, I'll put that caveat in there. Um, but, uh, I, I'm reminded of, I read, um, the, uh, let's see the empire of the summer moon, I think is the name of the book about the Comanche Indians in Texas. And the fascinating thing about these guys is they, um, were like the most successful warrior, um, civilization, like in history. I mean, they, they controlled a massive, massive territory. Um, and it was really due to their, their mobility. They, they were a horse people. They, they didn't farm. They didn't produce anything. Their whole their whole uh, way of life was, you know, raiding and pillaging. Um, and so they could. I think. I think. I'm, if I remember the number right, they could strike within 24 hours, uh, 250 miles in any direction. Which you know, in the time before any modern transportation, that's an un- unbelievable. And, and it had everything to do with the fact that they were totally mobile. They had this huge, massive horde of you know, herd of, of horses and you'd ride flat out and you'd switch horses, you know, when, when each one gave out and they'd just go. So the thing about it that was interesting about the Comanches is they couldn't, um, if I remember this correctly, they couldn't really have babies. Uh, and the, and, and you think about it, like, you know, if, if you're on horseback, uh, riding like super hard for really long periods of time all the time, um, that's not super conducive to like, um, growing a baby in your belly. Right. And so, so as I understand it, their women, you know, they really struggled with, with, uh, infant mortality and, 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 um, fertility. And so, and so the only way that they could really, the primary way that they grew their tribe was by stealing babies from other tribes, stealing people, stealing women, stealing, you know, kids. And, uh, and, and that was the whole, that was the whole strategy for, for, you know, the next generation was, we got to steal, we got to, we got to abduct people. Um, so it occurred to me that, that, um, what I believe, you know, whether or not the whole startup porn philosophy is good or bad, it does take hard work. It does take discipline, right? Um, starting a business isn't easy and it, and, and at a minimum, you've got to be willing to work your tail off. And, um, and that a lot of times takes, I think it takes virtue. You've got to have, you know, discipline is a virtue. Um, and, uh, you, at at a minimum, you've got to have people who are willing to work really hard. Um, and, and we all know really, really unethical people who work hard. So, um, so I don't want to paint with too broad a brush, but what, what I think is happening is I think if you look at another analogy, uh, to, to compare with the Comanche thing, the public school system, liberal, lib, the, the left in general, 
they don't have babies, right? They don't reproduce. Um, if they do, you know, they're barely replacing themselves. And, you know, the whole gay agenda is all is, is as we know, fruitless. They're not going to have babies. The only way that, that these people grow their movement and they're, they've been very successful, right? And if we look at it, they're growing their, their tribe by leaps and bounds. They're doing it by stealing our kids. They're, they're doing it by stealing, um, virtuous Christian people's children. Um, and so we're, we're breeders for them. We're making babies and then they're just taking them, right? They're just going, Hey, we're going to just educate them for 12 years, re-educate them for 12 years. Um, and we're going to just erode all of the other institutions from the church to the government to, to everything else. Um, and so, uh, and so there's, there's the strategy, right? The kind of Comanche strategy. And, and I think we're seeing it in business too. So I think this is happening in the business world all the time, all day long, every day. Uh, and, and what it is, is, is there's the institutional investors, the private equity, the venture capital, the, the stock market, the, the traders, all, all of these people are all part of this corporate rat race that is all about selling, you know, casting this vision, uh, the startup porn kind of vision of, of rich, uh, of riches and, and, um, and, um, massive, you know, paydays. Um, it's all about the exit. You know, you're going to exit at some point. What's your exit strategy? When are you going to exit? How are you going to exit? That's part of the pitch. You have to, you know, from day one, be able to talk about how you're going to exit, who you're going to sell to, how are you going to sell your company? So, um, so I feel like what they're doing is they are, they are taking, they're getting, they're convincing people with virtue, with work ethic, um, to start businesses, to just basically give, give up five years of their life, you know, neglect their family, neglect everything and just work their tails off and create some sort of value in, uh, in their business. And then they are going to extract that. They're not going to create businesses themselves. They are going to extract that value from the virtuous people because they don't necessarily have the virtue, right? To go out and do the hard work, the suffering and take the risks. They don't want to take those risks. Um, so they're going to extract that value from, from hardworking Americans and, um, and, and hand it over to their tribe, you know, who, who ultimately, are going to find the way to get the absolute most money out of it um, and have no interest whatsoever in, in this thing being actually tied to virtue of any kind. And so we see it all around us. And, and, and unfortunately, it's almost like this is the only paradigm, you know, in America. And, and even Christians uh, who I think should totally know better are perpetuating this narrative, this myth that you've got to you know, if you're gonna start a business, you got to borrow a ton of money and, you know, and, and that's just the way it is and there's nothing wrong with it. And, 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 uh, exiting is a good thing, you know, and, and, uh, you should exit. So, so, you know, I'll, I'll, I've already gone way longer than I intended to go, um, on this video. I'm hoping not to do such long videos. You guys tell me in the comments if you like longer videos, but I, I think I should do short videos. Um, I'm not a very, um, concise guy. So I apologize. Um, but, but just to summarize, I think what I'd like to sort of leave you with uh, a thought to, to, to consider is, is maybe Christians should be starting businesses or buying businesses. I'd like to talk about buying businesses because I actually think your average American homeowner can easily buy a business. 
a mom and pop business without any extra money and um, and and can be making money on day one, uh, be profitable on day one. But you don't hear about that because that doesn't fit the startup, you know, porn kind of narrative. Like it's it, it, it that, like that that's just too modest and you're not going to disrupt and, and grow and scale and blah, 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 blah. But I actually think that would be like hugely valuable if just a bunch of Christians bought a bunch of mom and pop businesses in their hometown and just just ran them well um, and unplugged from the matrix, from the corporate beast. So if it hasn't been clear already, I'll just put my cards on the table. I really think corporate America is maybe enemy number one in America. I'm a I'm a capitalist, free market, you know, Hayekian uh, Miltonian, uh, you know, uh, borderline libertarian on, on certain things. Um, I, I love free trade. Um, uh, but I, I, I don't think the world we're living in is, uh, in America, modern America is anything like free trade and it's, and it's free trade that has been completely co-opted by, by, uh, a, a a small elite group of oligarchs. It, the the um, the state has been used to uh, you know as soon as the regulatory powers and and the uh, and the big corporate interests get get together, which they've been doing for a very very long time. Um, this 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 free market thing's done uh, more or less. And so, I think the best thing that Christians can be doing right now um, in this crazy time is pulling out of the um, pulling out of of corporate America, um, and until we do that, like there's not really, you know, pull out of corporate America. Go if if you're not somebody who's got the constitution for starting or running or buying a business, um, that's fine. But go work for a, a good, ethical, hardworking Christian, you know, smaller business. Um, at a minimum, you know, get, get stop. We got to stop thinking that like working for a giant company is like a good thing. Like, like that's a merit badge. Like I work for one of the biggest companies in the world that should, we should see them be like, Oh, bummer. I'm sorry. That sucks. When are you going to go work for that? That must mean you're super, super low down on the totem pole. You must not have very much value at all. Um, um, I, I, I wish that that was more what people heard, but for some reason we've been trained to think, Oh, like you work for Amazon or Steve jobs or whoever, like, man, that's, that's really impressive. Um, cause again, we've got this fetish for, you know, huge wealth and power. So I'll stop. I could probably talk for another two hours about this stuff, but I'm trying to keep these kind of brief. So startup porn, corporate rat race. I think I've kind of explained those two ideas. Tell me what you think. Uh, thanks for listening and watching. Thanks for subscribing. And I uh, look forward to reading your comments. And uh, have a great day.